Darling, didn't anyone ever tell you the rules you use to judge yourself aren't real? Hello, it's Rebecca Biggie. I'm the founder of The Body Image Solution. We are an organization committed to bringing up a generation of women confident in their natural bodies. That's what we do here. This is Confidently She. I'm glad you are tapping in to this episode. I think it's weird when people are like, tune in to the podcast. (laughs) Like you actually have to tune anything or dial anything or do anything other than tap on your phone. Like I'm very aware we are in the 21st, well into the 21st century and you don't tune in to anything anymore. I think we need to update our vernacular to be accurate with how things work today. Nobody's tuning into anything. People are tapping in. So that's what if I, I if anything I want to be accurate with what I say okay anyway thanks for being here good morning this episode is going to serve several purposes so I just want to set the table for the discussion we are about to have it has come to my attention that women and men so I'll, nobody nobody knows how menstrual cycles work. And it's really difficult to embrace something, to respect it, to understand it, to support it, if you don't even know what it is. Fair? Is that a fair statement to make? I think so. I think that's extremely fair. You can't feel confident in something if you don't understand it. That's overconfidence. That's arrogance, assuming that you know everything or that you can confidently speak about something or make laws about something that you don't understand. Before I get into the topic of the episode, I want to tell a funny little story that made me realize, oh God, <laughs> oh my God, like like the level of, of misunderstanding around women's bodies And how all that works is like shockingly high, the level of misunderstanding. So a few years back, this was a while ago, this was like five years. This is when I was living in Minnesota, engaged at the time. And this was also an indication that I got to change. I got to change my life. Like I got to switch some things up. Um, I was sitting at a mutual friend's house and we were talking about something I I don't remember what it was but the topic of like babies and pregnancy came up and one of the the mutual friends it was this guy who I he was in grad school okay he was a teacher he was going to grad school I always regarded him as like an intelligent guy he he seemed like he knew things 
And he, he does, you know, to be fair, he knows about some things. But I said something to the effect of if there was a baby growing in my uterus, whatever. Like this is, this is what I would say. Something about a baby growing in my uterus was the general tone. And he looks at me and he goes, they grow in the womb. Like straight face. Like, like this guy was 100% serious. He was about to correct me on the anatomy of my own body. And also he was flat out wrong. So I look at him and I go, what? <laughs> I can't even say it. I go, what's the scientific term for a womb? And he looks at me with this face of like complete embarrassment and confusion. And I mean, this guy thought that there was an organ in a woman's body called the womb. And I don't know why, maybe it's just my personality, but I, I hate embarrassing people, but I also hate when people are wrong about things. So I'm trying to correct this guy while completely embarrassing him because he didn't know <laughs> what a uterus was. He's married, by the way. <laughs> This guy's married. He didn't know what a uterus was. And he thought that babies grew inside of something called a womb, which I understand there's like a colloquial term for a uterus called the womb, I suppose. But like, then I would, I asked him, I was like, well, where do you think that is? Where do you think the womb is? And he was like, isn't it in the stomach? And I was like, dude, like, it's in the torso, it's in the abdomen, but, like, you realize your stomach is an organ separate from the rest of your torso, right? Like, how? How did you fail anatomy and biology and all of that this badly? It was, it was so embarrassing for me to continue to correct him, but he wouldn't let it go. He was so confused, and I was just like, listen, dude, of the two of us, I think that you should listen to me. <laughs> like, I'm the one who possesses these organs, which doesn't by default make me right. But if we're going to go based on a hunch, like I'm pretty sure I would be the one who knows, not you. So getting into this topic, there's because of the lack of information, there's so much shame and secrecy and taboo around a topic that half the population experiences every single month. This isn't something like, oh, you experience it once in your life and it's this awkward, painful thing and then it stops. It's like, no, this happens 12 times a year. This happens every single month. But yet we as a Western culture have completely shut it out and ignored it. And if that's not an example and an illustration of how the patriarchy is so powerful in constructing the messages about what is and is not discussed in culture, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. Why do we have this shame and secrecy and taboo around menstruation? I used to feel it. Don't get me wrong. I used to feel it. Whenever I had my period growing up, 
my brothers and my dad would be like, ah, I don't want to see it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want you know, I'm going to leave the room like it made them so uncomfortable. And I was just like, OK, well. I don't get the choice to not talk about this. It's it's like black people don't get the choice to not talk about racism women don't get the choice to not talk about menstruation. Like, we have to talk about it. So therefore, everyone needs to talk about it because it impacts us, whether you want to talk about it or not. Caveat, I am not equating racism to a lack of awareness and inclusion around menstruation, but I'm using it to illustrate a point, okay? We don't talk about it because a certain segment of the population isn't affected and therefore they have the privilege of ignoring it but here's the thing if we all are educated around what it is what it means and how women can harness their cycle to influence their productivity their creativity their cycles of rest you're going to have a much better relationship with women if you're a man listening or with your own body, if you're a woman. So let's get into it, shall we? Let's just dive right in. I go into this in more depth inside the Body Image Solution 8-week program. You can sign up for that at any time going to thebodyimagesolution.com forward slash program. But let's just do a little overview. What are the phases of a woman's menstrual cycle? I will give $1,000 to anyone who can pause this right now and send me a message on Instagram and tell me what it is without looking it up on Google because I bet you, you cannot. There are four phases. Did you know that? And this is crazy. Like I have been in this space of talking about body image and bodies and your relationship with your body for five years. I didn't really learn all of this and get it down until like four months ago. And even then, I still have to check back at this little chart that I have and be like, oh, right, the follicular phase is first. Well, not first, but before ovulation, right? And then luteal is after. Okay, got it. It still is confusing to me as someone who has been menstruating for a decade. And like the fact that no one knows about this, it's just crazy to me. So... Phase one is actually menstruation. That's when you're bleeding. That phase lasts about six days, maybe, before you go into the follicular phase. During the follicular phase, your estrogen levels are rising. Your progesterone levels rise just a little bit. But as you get into ovulation, which happens on day 14, that's when your testosterone spikes So your testosterone spikes during ovulation, your progesterone dips a little bit, and then after ovulation, which only lasts about three days, three, four days, by the way, that's the other thing. Like when I was in health class in high school and we were going through this and they were like, women can be impregnated during their ovulation cycle, the ovulation phase of their cycle, which lasts three to four days. I raised my hand and said, wait a minute. So are you saying it's only possible for a woman to be impregnated three days out of the month? And when I said that, my health teacher 
looked at me like, oh my God, she figured it out. (laughs) She was like, well, yes, but technically like, you know, pregnancy can happen like anytime. So you should always just be safe and whatever. I'm like, okay, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I get it. Three days out of the month when you're ovulating. That's the only time that you can be impregnated. Cool. Moving on. So after ovulation, your estrogen starts to decrease. This is when you get into like PMS symptoms because your estrogen is lower, your progesterone is spiking, and your testosterone is like smoothed out. That's why a lot of women have a higher sex drive during their ovulation time, which makes sense because you're designed to want to have sex during the time where you can be impregnated. Makes sense, right? So then you go into your luteal phase and that's when everything seems annoying. Nothing seems to be working. You have a more critical lens on the world, on things in your life. And this is actually very helpful. It's very helpful because your body is bringing to the surface things that no longer work for you. You can't ignore it anymore. Let me tell you this. I knew that I probably shouldn't be with my ex-fiance, right? He wasn't right for me. He wasn't prepared to contribute to a relationship. But I stayed with him out of convenience. I wanted things to work. I thought that if I contributed 1,000%, then it would make up for his lack of contribution. And that didn't work. Um, But... Every time I was in my luteal phase for like eight months leading up to when I left him, I got so frustrated with him. I got so annoyed with him. There was something that he would do or something that he wouldn't do that would absolutely send me to the edge. And it was during those times, like he would do things like that all the time, but it was during those times of my cycle that my body was like, no, Nope, not this guy, not this guy. And as you start to learn the difference between your body really telling you like this needs to end or this needs to change versus, hmm, this is the next thing on my list that I'm going to work on or that I need to address. When you can learn the difference between those two things, you start to really appreciate and respect this part especially of your menstrual cycle. But what does culture tell you about that part of your menstrual cycle? Oh, don't listen to her. She's being emotional because of her period. Oh, don't take it very seriously. Just give it a couple days. She'll calm down and it won't be a big deal anymore. No. The one caveat to this is if you are taking hormonal birth control, you are not having a normal menstrual cycle, and this doesn't apply. So if you know how hormonal birth control works, it tricks your body into thinking that you already are pregnant so that you don't release eggs during ovulation. That's essentially the function. So your body isn't having a normal menstruation at that first day of the cycle. It's bleeding 
out of withdrawal from the hormone you're taking three weeks out of the month. That's how it works. One of the big reasons I stopped taking hormonal birth control was because I didn't want it messing with my body like that. So if you are on hormonal birth control, none of that that I just talked about applies. You don't have a luteal phase. You don't have an ovulation phase. You don't have a follicular phase. You don't even really have menstruation because, like I said, it's bleeding from withdrawal. So back to the natural menstrual cycle. The follicular phase, right after menstruation, I love the follicular phase. Everything seems possible. Everything is good and creative. You are really productive. You're efficient. You're getting things done. You may be organizing things or cleaning your house or just doing things too because your body, think about it, your body is preparing for a potential life to be formed. Your body is preparing to potentially take care of a zygote through birth creation phase. So your mood reflects that as well. You're creative. You're creating. You're preparing. You're putting things out. You're being productive. And it feels amazing. Like it feels great. But like everything with nature, there are phases. Not everything can be the harvest season. And as women, we get to experience this reminder constantly. Your body is constantly going into a different phase. That's what I think is so impressive and, and really beautiful about a woman's menstrual cycle. It's that she's always changing. She's always moving and flowing into the next phase. And when you can harness that and understand that, the menstrual part where you bleed for four to six days is now only one small part of it. Whereas before, if you're disconnected from your cycle and you resent your cycle, which is how I felt for a long time, I was like, why does this happen to me? This is so annoying. I don't want to have to deal with this. If you're thinking that way, it's six days out of the month that you don't get to get on with your life the way you normally would. That's one perspective. But when you change your perspective to every few days, my body shifts into a new phase, a new season, your mindset changes and your perspective changes to what does my body need during this phase of my cycle? What can I be doing during this phase of my cycle to make the most out of it? Also, pro tip, if you haven't tried using menstrual cups instead of tampons, go do that right now. You will save money. It is better for the environment. You will never be caught asking someone like, hey, can I borrow a tampon? Because you'll always have your cup. It doesn't run out. It's always available for you. I just keep mine in my purse. There we go. But also, I know when my period is coming now. I also have an app. There's an app called, okay, what is it? it they just changed its name. It's called Life. <laughs> it's called Life. 
fertility tracker. You put in the first day of your last period. You track your period. It tells you when you're ovulating. And you know what's really cool? Like, you know what's actually incredible? This is amazing. When I started, when I got off of birth control, started tracking my menstrual cycle, I realized that my menstrual cycle aligns with the full moon. So I bleed during the full moon and I ovulate during the new moon. It's so cool. It's like, it's, it's almost, hold on. It's almost like we are part of nature <laughs> and our bodies are in sync with nature. I don't know. Call me crazy. Call me one of those crazy, new-aged, spiritual people. But the data doesn't lie. Like, I am synced up with the new moon and the full moon. It's insane. So I also have this app that tracks the moon phases, right? And I like to see. I get notifications. It's like, hey, the new moon is starting in three days or the full moon is starting in three days. And then I look at my period tracker and it's like, yup, could have told you that. <laughs> It's amazing. It's amazing. So most women will bleed during the new moon and they will ovulate during the full moon. But women who are born leaders have the reverse cycle. You know why? Because someone has to take care of the other women. So back in the day, right, before we had all these modern luxuries and all that, women would have like moon festivals and women would have like red tents that they would go into when they were bleeding. We didn't have the level of sanitation that we do today. And so someone would have to like care for these women while they were bleeding. Those were the leaders of the group. So they weren't bleeding during this time. And then when the leaders were bleeding, there were only a couple of them and some of the other women would tend to their needs and all that. But isn't that interesting? I find it very interesting. And I also personally found it very affirming for just the, the inclination that I have had over the last few years of, of feeling called to be in a position of leadership for women, it felt very affirming and it was really cool. So you can track that. There are so many things and it's really interesting the more you pay attention to it. And just like in my book, Social Currency, the more you pay attention to something, the more you value it, the more you respect it, the more you appreciate it. Even if what you're paying attention to isn't something super great, so you got to be careful. But paying attention to your menstrual cycle is going to help you respect it more and appreciate it more. And then the whole conversation of like shame around your period and all of that just completely changes because now when someone has that perspective of like, you periods are gross. I'm like, dude, you don't even know what they are. Do you know what's happening with my body when I'm going through my menstrual cycle? Because it's pretty cool. And especially if you're a guy, like, you wish your body could do what my body can do. Like, get out of here. Like, you you have, like, reproductive 101. I'm, like, graduate level reproduction, okay? So just 
stop with the disrespect, okay? But it's easy to disrespect something you don't understand. It's easy to reject something you don't understand. And that's why it happens. So the more you understand it, the more you will respect it. And like, like your posture towards the whole thing is going to change. So takeaways from this episode. Number one, if you are really interested in getting to know more about your body, you got to get in the body image solution. You will understand your body image origin story. You will learn about your menstruation cycle in depth. It's, it's really great. So like I said, thebodyimagesolution.com forward slash program. That's where you can learn more and enroll at any time. That enrollment is always open. Number two, if you menstruate, try out a menstrual cup. I'm telling you, this has saved me so many times from a messy situation. We'll just call it that. It saved me from a messy situation so many times. The mental space of needing to remember to buy tampons is now freed up because I never have to do that. It's amazing. And then finally, if you want to download that life fertility tracker app, there's also one called Flow that works as well. And then I've got that Moon Phase app that I think is really cool to look at too. So if you want to invest in paying attention to your menstrual cycle, do those things and you will be well on your way to understanding more about your period and to removing the shame and the taboo and the stigma around menstruation and periods and not allowing people to write off your emotions because, oh, you just have PMS. Like, yeah, and that's why you should take me very seriously because if this continues, I'm going to leave you. That's exactly what happened with my ex. So maybe you should take it seriously. Anyway, we've had fun, haven't we? If you haven't left a rating and review over on iTunes, go do that. Go take like two seconds to leave your rating and review. I love to read those. Love to see those ratings come in. And if you have already done so, thank you so much. That really means a lot. So thank you for listening. I'm Rebecca Biggie. This has been Confidently She, and I can't wait to catch you in the next episode. <laughs>